Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. Welcome to Real Life Church online. Come on, somebody. It's a frozen tundra of 2021. I hope you're warm. I hope you're in your bed. I mean, maybe you're cuddled up. I have no idea. It is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Memo, it's too late. Sorry, Amazon is probably not gonna get it today. <laughs> but happy Valentine's Day to everybody. And uh, maybe you're drinking hot cocoa, enjoying this. But man, it is a tundra outside. And so today, I hope you enjoy this time. Uh, we have a message of hope uh, straight from the Bible. Just an encouragement for you guys. And uh, use some next steps. Uh, on your way as you follow Jesus. Man, so much, thank you so much for being here. And I want you guys to click the share button because we're about to have a time of our life. We have some worship songs for you. Message Hope, Next Steps. Let's go.
who's excited that Jesus is our way maker. Come on. Man, there's one meter between the man and God, the man Christ Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Come on, who's excited about Jesus? Give some hearts, give some likes, give it up for God today. Let's give him some praise. Man, excited about that. Hey, I want to encourage you, find somebody right here on Facebook, right on Church Online on YouTube, and give a shout out. Give, call them out by name, man, so glad you're here. Come on, give some likes and loves. Everybody that's new, come on, let them know you love them. It's your chance, make some friends. Tell somebody hi, this is your chance, all right? I want you guys to have a great time today. I wanna to welcome everybody and excited to see what God is gonna do, especially if you're new today, okay? We'd love to connect with you on your journey with Jesus, even if it's your first time ever, just coming out to real life, experiencing it here on Church Online. And so if you can, just help us out. We'd love to connect with you in a personal way. You can text RLNEXT to 97000 and some of our team is gonna connect with you. Uh, our church, even though we're not meeting in person, we are the church, and we want to help you get connected to all that God has for you today. So just go ahead and text RLNEXT97000. You know, one of the best ways to get connected here in real life is the thing we'd love to call Crash Course. It's basically our next steps to help you grow in your faith with Jesus. We had an amazing group went through it just a few weeks ago, and we were having the next one the last Sunday of this month. It's February 28th from 2 to 4.30 at my house. I want to invite you. If you are brand new to our church, maybe you've been coming for a while, maybe you just have been coming for a long season or maybe come back and you have not getting connected to your next step, what God has for you, I encourage you to get signed up. You can see the link right there uh, in the comments and get signed up. We'd love to connect with you and just help you, man, talk through your relationships, talk through your next steps as you grow as a Christian and give you some ways uh, to get involved here at our church. We'd love for you to come out and be a part of that. It's called Crash Course, last Sunday of every single month. You know, we believe this, God has put us here on a mission. Our mission here in real life is to see people far from God, just go real life and purpose in Jesus. There's people that are close to you, but far from God. And that's what our church exists for. We exist for people that your neighbor's with and your family members with, the people you work with. And today we're gonna dive into a very special message from a very good friend of mine, very blessed to have him today. His name is Jonathan Taylor. He is our missionary through Live Global. Uh, they are uh, coming in and supporting and uh, growing and resourcing other national pastors around the world, national leaders to further the cause of Christ. And so today we're gonna have a message of hope entitled, Why Missions? And why do we do this thing called evangelism? And Johnny's gonna pour his heart out to you today and um, maybe asking the question, why am I here? Man, what's my purpose? What 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 is, what is going on in the middle of this pandemic? What does God have for me? And today, we're gonna look at some of the hard truths of the Bible. John's gonna just bring his heart. He's gonna share with you why we do this thing called missions, why God left us here in this neighborhood, in this address, in this moment in time, in this pandemic to make a difference. Come on, show some love, show some likes. Come on, let's give it up for Jonathan Taylor. Man, it is so good to be singing that real life singing. I'm not, I'm not singing. I'm sorry. I got to start over. It is so good to be good. What is that? I'm sorry. I got to do this again. I'm sorry. It is awesome to be with real life again. I love you guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to um, come and speak at this church. I love this church so much. The leadership here, you guys, and I, I'm, I'm not just saying these are not just words. This is, this is my heart. You are going to see uh, my heart this morning. Um, I, I really want to share some some really kind of some heavy things and kind of some really exciting things. Um, and just now I messed up uh, 
and, and couldn't get it right. But then I finally did. And I did that actually on, on purpose. I just wanted to really quick before I get into some of these things, point out that no matter how many mistakes were made, I'm still going forward right now. I got it right. And I, I just want you guys to know that there are, there's no number of mistakes that you can make where you can't go forward in Christ. And I just want to make that so clear before I get into some of these things this morning. So before we start and or before I get into some of this heavier stuff, I want to give you something that is so good, something that is so incredible, uh, something to rejoice about that followers of Jesus get to look forward to one day. Let's read Revelation 21, 1 through 4. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was gone also. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. I think that this is the exact reminder that so many of us need today. This is what followers of Jesus are going to experience when we pass from this life and enter into glory with him. No matter how difficult your job or school is right now, it won't last forever. No matter how heartbroken you are right now, it won't last forever. No matter how much depression or anxiety or other things that you are experiencing and struggling through right now, it won't last forever. No matter how much financial stress and difficulty you have right now, it won't last forever. The only thing that will last forever for followers of Christ is that all of these things are gone forever. But this scene I just read, it's from Revelation 21, and that's something to rejoice in. I look forward to that day. But there's actually another scene that takes place. It takes place in Revelation chapter 20, the chapter right before I just read. Revelation 20 verse 1 says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand, and he sees the dragon, that old serpent, who is devil, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit, which he then shut and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Can you say hashtag not today, Satan? Afterward, he must be released for a little while. So I want to continue reading in this, this passage right here, but we're going to fast forward past those thousand years that this passage is talking about. So verse eight says, he will go out to deceive the nations, Satan, talking about Satan here, called Gog and Magog. In every corner of the earth, he will gather them together for battle. A mighty army as numberless as sand along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people and the beloved city. 
But fire from heaven came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet. There they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it. The earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead, and all were judged according to their deeds. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. Verse 15 says, And anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Now, this is a scene that I do not want anyone to experience, but so many will because Satan goes around and he deceives anyone that he can possibly deceive. But each person will either you'll experience one of these scenes that I read. You will either be rejoicing and living with God forever or be thrown into the lake of fire and tormented forever. The difference is if you have trusted Christ as your savior. And I got to tell you, I, I don't enjoy talking about this. It brings absolutely no pleasure to talk about sin and hell. No pleasure whatsoever. I, I want to focus on Revelation 21. The no more pain, the no more sorrow, the no more, the, the no more you know, evil taking place. That's what I want to focus on. But without talking about the consequences of sin and where our life ultimately leads apart from Christ, how would anyone know that they need salvation? But I want to go a little bit further with this because repentance is not only for that, that initial time of, of salvation. Repentance is something that a follower of Christ should actually live out on a day-to-day -day basis. It's something that we must continue to have our, in our lives. And God just absolutely pours out his grace and mercy on each of us. But I, I think that as Christians, we, we may have forgotten about this. We enjoy the fun stuff, getting together, um, you know, hanging out. Here's some cool testimonies and, and a good word from, from football players uh, and just getting together, having community, um, you know, eating good food. Uh, that, you know, that, that stuff, we, we love all of those aspects of, of Christianity and those aspects of following after Christ. We've kind of forgotten about this need to continually be in a spirit of seeking forgiveness for the things that we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And we, we just kind of think, ah, no, no big deal, but it is a big deal. Because we, how, how can we ask other people to turn away from their sin and trust in Christ when we continue to dabble in, in ours? And we can't be good at the things that we as followers of Jesus should actually be good at if we're still hanging out with sin a little bit. I heard a pastor by the name of Steve Berger. He was talking about repentance and talking about what we as a, as a nation overall are good at. And let me tell you this though, if we as a nation are good at these things, it's probably because the church and, and the people of God are accepting of a lot of these things, maybe even complicit in some of these things. But he talked about the things that we as a nation lead the world in. This is what he said. America leads the world in illegal drug use. America 
leads the world in prescription drug use. America leads the world in women on antidepressants. America leads the world in car theft, rape, and murder, and the total number of crimes and, and incarcerations. America leads the world in the production of pornographic material. In fact, it's not even close. This nation is responsible for 90% of the entire world's production of pornographic material. And we wonder why we're going in certain directions. America leads the world in divorce. Good old America leads the world in abortions. 62 million lives taken in the land of opportunity before there was ever even an opportunity. But while all of these things are taking place, the, while the walls are crashing in, as he put it, while the Titanic that is the U.S. is sinking, that's how he put it, what are we doing as a nation? Well, we're watching TV because America also leads the world in watching TV. I don't, I don't bring this stuff to light and share these things with you um, to guilt anyone or to depress anyone or anything like that, but just simply to shed light on what is happening and what is going on. I think that instead of the church turning the world upside down, it almost seems like we're at a point where the world might be turning the church upside down. Think about that. But these things are not what we should be good at. These things are not what we as followers of Jesus represent. And I hope that we're not complicit or, or accepting of those things that I just listed. I understand that doesn't represent every single Christian. I'm just pointing out that that's where we are as a nation. But we've let so much of the world's influence creep in and we don't have a complete biblical worldview and it affects how we go about our lives. And, and, and the, honestly, the ripple effect is, is huge. We need to rid ourselves of, of sin. We need to repent of our wrong and we need to teach the world the seriousness of sin so that they also can understand God's grace and God's mercy in their life. Did you know that one third, this, one third of evangelicals believe that Jesus was a good teacher, but not God? You know, there was actually someone else in the Bible that you can read about that only ever referred to Jesus as a good teacher. His name was Judas. Did you know that 65% of evangelicals agreed with this statement? Jesus was the first and greatest being created by God. Guys, Jesus is not created by God. Jesus is God. Oh, and, and, and last little thing here. Half of, half of Christians in this country um, say that, that sex between two consenting adults outside of marriage is completely acceptable. Guys, if we as followers of Jesus don't actually start following after Jesus, don't seek forgiveness of our sins, we will never be good at the things that we should actually be good at, which I'm going to get to here in just a second. I'm going to challenge you on those. Here's my point. God's grace and mercy is bigger than any of these things. 
and he can absolutely handle our mess. So don't think he can't. He can handle our mess. In fact, here's some amazing news. Jesus actually took all these sins from us so that we can one day stand before God as righteous. Can you imagine a, a nation full of people where these are what we lead the world in, yet we can still stand before God as righteous? It's insane. Isaiah 53, 5 through 6 says, He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so, so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. So if you have not yet received Jesus for salvation, God has taken your sin upon himself so you can receive his righteousness, but you must repent. You must turn to him and trust in him for that salvation. Then if you have already received um, Jesus, and don't forget this fact that I'm going to share with you. There isn't any sin that we can commit that will separate us from his love. But that doesn't mean that we just take advantage of God's grace. Listen to Paul's words in Romans 6, 1 through 2. He said, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? We cannot be a people that take advantage of God's love, grace, and mercy. We can't live in sin when we have died to it. Christian, we must seek forgiveness in the areas that we need to seek forgiveness. It seems that so many are, are putting their hope and faith in, in legislation changing the way our nation goes. But none of these, these terrible things that I mentioned will change just because legislation changes. No president or Congress can aid or hinder the church. God is our king, not an elective, elected official. Change happens when the people of God live out a complete biblical worldview. So today, let's, let's make a decision to be a good at something else. Let's, let's make a shift. Let's do a 180. Because after all, repentance is heading in one direction and turning the other direction. Let's do that. Let's make a shift. This is what I want us to be good at. And this is what God calls us to be good at as followers of him. Let's be good at loving God and loving people. That sounds really simple on the surface, but there are, there are ways that you can um, show that ways that you can live out loving God and loving people. And the one I'm going to focus on is um, being a missional, uh, having a missional mind. But there's a song by uh, Danny Goki. Uh, I enjoy this song. Um, the chorus says, got to keep it real simple. Keep it real simple. Bring everything right back to ground zero because it all comes down to this. Love God and love people. We're living in a world that keeps breaking, but if we want to find a way to change it, it all comes down to this, love God and love people. This is what I want to focus on. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Verse 39 though, second, a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And I actually love verse 40 here too. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. 
That's why in this song, Danny Koki says, keep it real simple, bring it all back to ground zero. Everything is based on loving God and loving people. God must be number one in our lives. We do everything based upon bringing him glory. And when we love others, it brings him an incredible amount of glory, so much glory. And if we are to love God and love others, it is simply more than just being kind, though. Like I said, I want to focus on the missional aspect of loving God and loving people because Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So this is what I want to focus on. We love God and love people by having a missional mindset. These words that I just read of going and making disciples, those are Jesus's words. Let's make a shift. We're done being good at the things we shouldn't be good at. We're going to start being good at the things that God wants us to be good at. And it's not because we grit our teeth and get good at it. It's because we love God and we fall more in love with him and Jesus. And we are able to accomplish these things through him. But I want to give you three very extremely practical ways that we can have a missional mindset. I'm going to give you these three practical ways that we can go and make disciples. Number one, use words. Just like I'm up here talking right now, we have to use words. There's actually a, a famous quote by um, uh, St. Francis of Assisi. It says this, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. I'm sure you've heard something like that, something similar to that. Basically, live your life in a way that people see and they see Christ. Yes, absolutely, 100%. That is how we should live our life. But this idea of only using words if necessary, um, I think that's a man-made idea. I don't think it's biblical. Romans 10, 14 says... How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? If we are, if we are to effectively live out the Great Commission and, and truly love God and others, we must use words. We must tell of God's redemptive grace for our sins. We must tell people of the wonderful grace and mercy that Jesus provides, that God provides. Let me see if I can paint this picture very quickly. Imagine if we're all in the room together, okay? We're all in the same room, and I know that there's a fire in this building or wherever we are. I know that that's about to happen. You have absolutely zero knowledge of that. I proceed to exit the room. But, hang on, on my way out, I'd be, I'm, I'm sure to smile at people you know, make a joke with someone, maybe even maybe even hand someone cash, and then I move on my way. The building burns with everyone there because I was the only one that knew it was coming and it was too late for everyone else. That's not loving people. That's loving myself. That is being selfish. We don't want to do that on a spiritual level. So that's number one. Let's preach the gospel at all times, and because it's necessary, let's, let's use words. Number two, invest your money. 
we're always on the lookout for a, a good investment. Maybe, maybe some of you got in on that GameStop craziness that happened in the stock market. I know, uh, I know a young kid who jumped in and you made a quick, quick grand, right? I, I know someone did that. I know someone else that invested. I don't know them personally. I'm sorry. I read about someone else that invested something like $53,000 and came out with 11 million. Wow. That would be, uh, that'd be pretty cool. You guys, uh, real life would probably, uh, have their, uh, building by now if we had something like that happen. So you guys need to be on the lookout for that stuff or, or maybe real life can start a Reddit thing and then, you know, raise money for God that way. I don't know. I'm just saying, but we're always on the lookout for, um, a good investment, always on the lookout for a good investment. Um, I'm going to take a side note here real quick. I, I've been praying. I have been praying and, uh, I asked God to either give me a full-time job or to give me quick support. Um, cause this ministry, uh, I, I need an income to, to function and do this ministry. Um, well, God answered that prayer. And I know that, uh, many of you here were praying for that as well. And that's why I want to share this really quick, but God answered that prayer and he gave me, uh, like a hundred thousand dollars a year in support. Uh, right now I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. Um, no, God gave me a full-time job. It's really cool. I love this job. Um, I'm, I'm in real estate flipping houses with one of my brothers. And I share that because maybe that's how you think about investing. My brother all the time, Caleb, all the time. Oh yeah. Like he'll be online looking at this house might be a good investment or this house might be a good investment. That's how he thinks he's looking for that good investment. Okay. My point is we're always looking for a way to get some good returns on our money. Um, but the thing with these type of investments is that they are temporary. They're good, but they're temporary. They only last as long as we do. We have 70, 80 years on this earth. Now, as followers of Jesus, we shouldn't live with a 70 or 80 year perspective. We should live with an eternal perspective. So let's think about investing in eternity with our finances, with our money. Now, we, me and my wife, this ministry that we're in, we have been praying and seeking who God would have to join our monthly financial team. And I know, I know that is going to include many of you, and it already does include a few. We and Live Global are a good investment. We are worth the investments. We are in the business of multiplying disciples. And if you're a follower of Jesus, that's the exact business that you should be in as well. Uh, we take a little bit of a different approach. We're focused on serving partners that God has already placed overseas. They live there. They grew up there. They know the culture. They know the community. And they're reaching people for Christ. And we just want to equip them and serve them and train them and anything that we can do to uh, help multiply these disciples. We are a good investment. And we believe according to scripture that God works when like-minded believers bring together their own gifts and resources across cultures to work toward a common gospel goal. And so Live Global exists to build global partnerships for the glory of God. Um, I would love to share so much more with you. Hopefully you've gotten uh, one of our cards and on the back of that, there's a QR and you can scan that. It'll take you directly to our page. It has our contact information on it, uh, all those things. Back in the 1950s, there was a young man living in India. He was a very devout Hindu. He was struck with tuberculosis, which in those days was very deadly. He needed a hospital, and wouldn't you know it, the only hospital that existed was run by Christians. So 
he went to that hospital and he said, listen, if you're going to treat me, then treat me. But if you're going to convert me, I'd rather die. That's what he told them. But there was a nurse. Nurses are awesome. I'm married to one. But there was a nurse who um, kept bringing him a Bible. And finally, he read through it. He read through it, I think, three times. He read through it to find fault in the Bible because he was Hindu. But instead, the Bible found fault in him. He was then discipled and became a very devout follower of Christ. And then one day, the, the men of his village came to talk to him because he had brought lots of shame to the whole village by proclaiming Christianity. They said he must denounce Christ or die. He refused, and another man claimed, uh, calmed everyone down, so they kind of went about their business. They're like, he's young, he's naive, we know where he lives, we can get him later. Well, they never got him. Um, and actually, a few years later, he was called to uh, start pastoring a church, a new church plant that um, existed there, and he continued to be faithful to Christ and proclaiming um, the gospel. This man had a son. His son is a doctor, actually, and a full-time evangelist and leads a highly effective ministry in the slums and universities. This doctor is one of our partners at Live Global, and we get to serve alongside him as God uses him to effectively multiply disciples. We are in the business of multiplying disciples, and we want to invite each and every one of you to come and be a part of what we are doing. Invest your money in global missions. And if it's not us, if God's not leading you to invest in Live Global and invest in us, where is he leading you to invest? The last thing with, with this idea of investing your money spiritually, globally, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Number three, last one here, Pray like heaven. Here's what I mean by that. Listen to, the, listen to what Jesus says to, a, to his disciples about the need for workers. Matthew 9, 35 through 38, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. Ooh. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Guys, are we doing this? Are we doing this? I mean, I'm sure we pray and I know we pray for specific things and I've seen God move and do some really cool things here at Real Life specifically. But do we specifically pray that God would raise up more individuals that will go and be workers for him, go and evangelize? I think it's so telling that Jesus didn't look at the multitude and tell his disciples, well, what are you doing, guys? You see them? They're confused. They're like sheep. Man, what an insult. They're like sheep. They're confused. They don't know what they're doing. Guys, go, go, go tell them about me right now. Go. I think it's so telling that that is not what Jesus did. He said, Pray, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send forth more workers into the harvest. Guys, let's pray for missionaries to be raised up, to reach those that God calls them to. Real life, I think that we, Jonathan and Lexi, Live Global, this thing that we're involved in, I think that we are just the beginning of people that this church will send into the harvest. I've had these conversations with Sean. I know it's going to happen here. We are just the beginning. 
let's pray specifically for that. Actually, we're not even the beginning. We're number two. There was someone before us already. Actually, it was my brother uh, and his wife. But let's pray for missionaries to be raised up to reach those that God calls them to. I think that this is just the first church that will exist, the first church plant that will exist out of this ministry. There are going to be more that go out and start more churches out of this ministry. Let's pray for that. And then let's not forget to pray for each other as we serve in the specific role that God calls us all into, whether you're a carpenter, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a nurse, whether you're a pastor, whether you're whatever you are, maybe you drive trucks across the country, I don't know, whatever it is you do, God has put you there for a purpose. Let's pray for each other that we would use our words and have gospel conversations with people. Pray for us to tell our family members about God's love and his redemption. Let's pray for us to tell our friends about turning away from our sin and following after Jesus. Let's pray for us all to have the boldness to share repentance and faith and trust in Christ. Let's make that 180 degree turn today. Let's seek forgiveness in our lives. Let's start being good at loving God and loving people. Let's use our words. Let's invest our money. Let's pray like heaven. God, I thank you so much for, the, for your word. And as we can just kind of go through it, kind of like we did today and see your heart, help us to have a heart that loves you and loves people and wants to live missionally. Help us to understand the importance of, of when there is sin in our lives, that we must turn away from that and seek forgiveness. Lord, if there's anyone that has not done that, has not received you as their savior, I pray that today they would. Thank you for this church. Thank you for the leadership. Thank you for these people that love us, that love you and help us so much to fall more and more in love with you all the time. Help us to love you and love others. Now today, if if you're hearing this message and you're hearing, maybe you've heard something similar to this a hundred times. Maybe this is the very first time you've heard of your need to turn from your sin and turn to Christ. And what does that, what does that mean exactly? Well, guys, Christ died for the sin in our life so that we don't have to experience Revelation 20. So that instead of our name not being found written in the book of life and then being cast into the lake of fire forever, instead of experience that, we can stand before God and not be judged according to our deeds because Jesus is taking our place and he is standing there and we are seen as righteous. That's what that means. If you've heard this before and, and you still have not made that decision to receive Christ, you could pray something like this. God, today I understand my need for you. Lord, please forgive me for my sins. Lord, I trust in you and what you did on the cross and taking my place. Lord, save me today. Amen. Thank you guys so much for this opportunity.
man, what a powerful message of why we do missions, why we reach out with the gospel. Come on, give it up for Jonathan Taylor, bringing that powerful word in his heart to us today. Hey, I wanna encourage you, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, we wanna help you every step of your journey. This isn't a journey you wanna do on your own. We have people on our team ready to help you, connect with you, and just point you in the next direction and walk beside you as far as you wanna run with the gospel. If you made a decision for Jesus, we wanna help you on your journey. You can text RLNEXT to 97000, and some of our team is gonna reach out to you, text you, call you, and just get connected, hear your Jesus story, and then help you on your next step to follow him. I've got some next steps for everybody today. And this is a really, really big day for us. Even though we're thinking, I don't leave my house. Well, guess what? We are launching life groups today. Yes, Valentine's Day, the day of love, is the day we're loving life groups. Man, I wanna encourage you, man, get signed up. It is not too late. You're gonna the ground floor of connection. Why are life groups important? I've got three reasons they're important. Number one, this is a place you're gonna grow in your faith. Number two, this is a place you're gonna build relationships. This is a place that you're gonna have people in your life that are gonna invest in you. And number three, this is a place where you can give back to others. Man, one of the greatest ways that we can reach somebody else is simply just inviting them to something we're doing already. Like I have a fireside chat group meets on Wednesdays. Man, what a great place just to invite somebody to have a great conversation. Maybe we have Bible studies groups, we have women's groups, we have men's groups, coffee groups, all sorts of groups. I encourage you to check it out, reallifechurchkc.com. There's a group for you, don't pass it up. We want everybody involved in this. There's, there's also groups that are virtual. So you, you can stay home right where you're at and jump in the group. So I encourage you to get involved and don't come alone. Man, bring somebody with you. Be praying about who can come with you to this group. Man, find somebody, get them plugged in. This is the greatest season. People are asking these deeper questions during this pandemic. Why am I here? What is my purpose? We have the answer and we can bring somebody along with us. You know, Johnny talked a lot about investing your money into what you believe in, invest your money into the mission of the gospel. I would encourage you not only to be strategic, but be prayerful of what you give. Be planned and on purpose with your giving. So I want to invite you to be a part of Gold Missions. Uh, you can do that in two different ways. Number one is this, you can give money through our church and we give back to Gold Missions and support Johnny and Lexi Taylor. You can give to them on their website as well. But I would encourage you to make a difference, play a part of missions. And when you give here at our church, that's what we're all about. We're about seeing people far from God, discover their life and purpose in Jesus. You guys have been so faithful in your giving, but I invite you, maybe you've never given before, man, make today that the opportunity to give. Uh, make that day you're gonna step out in faith and say, you know what, I'm just gonna trust God's gonna use this to make a difference in somebody's life. I wanna see somebody pass from death to life. I wanna see somebody have new life in Jesus. Man, it's so exciting to play a part of this story. So if you give here at Real Life, there's three ways you can give. You can give online at reallifechurchkc.com. You can text the amount to 84321, or you can use the old snail mail since we're online today and just send on over to a PO box. But I want to encourage you to be a part of this in this season. All right, well, next week, we're going to launch the series we're going to launch this week. We're pushing it back a week. It's called Five Easy Steps to Wreck Your Life. Check it out. Well, you're feeling brokenhearted and your marriage is in strife because you couldn't keep your promise to not cheat on your wife. And your eyes began to wander and your heart began to stray And you wouldn't need the voices that were telling you to stay It's really a very simple affair But it cuts you just like a knife It's 
five easy steps to wreck your life. Hey, happy Valentine's Day, guys. And I would encourage you, man, come out next week in person, 9.30 and 11, back at KT. Have a great Valentine's Day. Don't mess this up, man. This is your chance. Man, spend some time with that girl. Take her out to dinner. Come on, this is the moment. All right, anyway, hope you guys have a great Valentine's Day. And remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life of purpose. You got it. See you guys next Sunday.